politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bo, didn't you get vaccinated recently? Yes, I did. And you know what? It wasn't that bad. But here's the thing. I'm so fed up of seeing all of these vaccination cards on social media. Why Why is is that, Bo? I'll tell you why. The reason is this. There is a universe of scammers out there. There are people waiting for ways to get you to give them information. And I can use the information on that vaccine card, I could use that card if I were a bad guy, which I'm not. I could use that information to get you to give me more information. And that's the problem. So for instance, uh, don't tell me the truth, Adam, which of the three vaccines did you get? The best. Okay. Now I know that you got the best and I happen to know that you got it on such and such a date. And I know your birthday because you put your card on Instagram when you got vaccinated. And now I'm going to call you up if I can figure out what your contact information is and say, hey, is this Adam Levin? And you'll say, well, yes. And then I'll say, hey, is your birthday January 1st, 1901? And you will say yes, because we all know that's when you were born. And then I got you because I'll say you got the best vaccine. You got it on this date. And I just need one more piece of information for you. It's on your insurance card. I just need your account number. And I need this because we're having a problem with billing. That's one of many ways. So here's the issue, Adam, is that there's enough information there for a good scammer to get a foothold into questions that will cause them to reveal a key. It doesn't have to be the skeleton key to everything, just a key, and they can get into something. And from there, as you know, once you get into one thing, you can get into a lot of other things. Well, you have to look at your information as assets, number one, and number two, that it's a mosaic of your life. And each particular piece of information is another tile in that mosaic. The more tiles they get, the more complete picture they can create of you, and they can combine that information with other information that they could buy on the dark web, and suddenly they're you to somebody else. And that's very dangerous. That could cost you time, money. You could become a victim of identity theft. Uh, You could be a victim of medical-related identity theft, where someone takes your information and then uses that for the purpose of accessing your medical insurance, having treatments, uh, exams, uh, and other things. So that's why you have to be super careful. Super careful. Now, full disclosure, Adam, you didn't post your vaccination card online. I know you didn't because you don't post anything online. But at any rate, you know, we are 
we're careful, and I think like it's important to remember that people don't understand how vulnerable they are with the simplest, smallest, most meaningless-seeming piece of information. Well, this reminds me of a few years ago at the Democratic National Convention. Uh, one of the delegates was so excited about the conversations relative to Medicare that they took their Medicare card and waved it in front of a national television camera. And those were the days when your Medicare number was your social security number. So that was like giving away the house, the farm, the horse, the food, your firstborn, all that stuff. Oh, the old life lock move. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works. Not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing and I need to make split-second financial decisions, and that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means you get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't, like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance an electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes .com. Hi there, I'm Adam Levin, founder of CyberScout, author of Swiped, former director of the New Jersey Division of Consumer Affairs, co-founder of Credit.com. I'm Bo Friedlander. I write about cyber, and I also am really, really, really interested in scams, fraud, any kind of privacy-related crime. And I'm Travis Taylor, resident tech guy and occasional voice of God. And we're all here. And this is What the Hack. So who are we talking to today? We are talking to Aunt Sally. Aunt Sally, which reminds me of a song when I was young, and it was Sally with a red dress. Sally is wearing a red dress, red dress, red dress. Sally's wearing a red dress all day long. But we're certainly thrilled to have you, to have your voice, and to hear about your story. So, first question, where, where do you live? Where do I live? I live in Olympia, Washington. And where are you now, Aunt Sally? 
I'm in Kauai, Hawaii, with my niece and my sister-in-law. My first honeymoon was in Kauai. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so it's it totally, it's a lovely place. And you are a lovely person, and we're thrilled to have you here today. So, Aunt Sally, what are you doing while you're in Hawaii? I'm um, seeing all the sights, you know, so we had to rent a car so Sally could go see the canyon and see the, um, the lighthouse and all the birds and um, sit on the beach and do artwork. Have you seen any uh, any strange birds or? No, but I saw six out of eight birds that are possible to see at that lighthouse. Amazing, what are those? I saw an albatross, I saw uh, sheer water, and I saw the red-footed boobies, and, mm. and I saw a frigate, and then I saw a white-tailed tropic bird. It was so much fun. So, so first of all, in a second, I, I'd love to know more about bird watching because I, I happen to think that it's it's fascinating. My son, who's eight and a half, loves bird watching, and recently I was watching one of my favorite television shows called Blacklist, starring James Spader. Mm-hmm. And in this these episodes, he goes to Central Park to clear his mind and runs into a woman who is bird watching, and he's bird watching with her. So I. I feel like the spirit of bird watching has now been with me for several weeks. Oh, that's good. That's good. So if someone wants to learn more about bird watching, are there specific sites that they would go to? Well, for Kauai, the Audubon Society here has uh, blogs and detailed maps of where the birds are hanging out right now, whatever, depending on what kind of birds you want to see. So Audubon, Hawaii Audubon is really a good source. And they update that every day so you can change your locale, where, no, they, depending they, on what they, they say? I think if something significant happens, they do. But if it's just kind of a normal day, um, they just put it on eBird, which is the Cornell Labs, what's that word, ornithological society. Um, they put it on there so you can you can check any bird in the world on that site. And you Amazing. can watch the migration of the birds as they go north or south. So, so Aunt Sally, are you on the show today because of something that happened with a bird? Uh, no, not, not really. It happened with my computer and my uh, credit cards and debit cards and all that kind of stuff. Well, what happened? I wanted to get a COVID shot. So I had a friend who told me about a pharmacy that was close by where I could go get this. Well, somehow in the translation, my friend or me, we transposed a number. So I went to a wrong website. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. And I went down that rabbit hole. And then they asked me some questions. I thought it was getting weird. I answered, I gave them my address and I did give them my email number. And then the next thing they asked me was something about my bank. And I said, no, I'm not answering that one. And so I, luckily my son-in-law was home next door and I ran and got him and he's a real smart pilot. So the first thing he asked was for the uh, employee number of this guy, because he said he was from the Sears computer repair thing, some kind of tech, tech geeks, I think maybe. And he said it was from there, but he couldn't give Andy an employee number. So the guy um, hung up. And so then I watched my mouse move on my computer. And that's why I went to get Andy. And immediately Andy shut me down. I have a son. I have a grandson who's a real computer geek. So I just kept my computer totally unplugged and took it over to his house. And he went through it and got rid of 
whatever virus or malware or whatever they put on my computer so I could use it because I had to give a screenshot of a clean computer to my bank before my bank would let me use my banking account again. So, Aunt Sally, when you say you entered one digit wrong, how, how where, on your computer? On my computer, when I was going to the website that this friend had given me to go to so I could sign up for a COVID test. Now, you're sure that you entered it incorrectly just by one character? I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I mean, we transposed some letters or numbers. I had a wrong website. Was the first strange thing the request for your bank account or was it your mouse moving? Asking me questions about my what was my email address and what was my address. And then he went to my bank. And, that's, and then I looked down at my computer and saw my mouse was moving. Oh, gosh. I wasn't moving it. That must have been really surprising. What was your reaction to your mouse moving by itself? I picked up my mouse and I went out of my house and I lived right next to my daughter and, and my son-in-law. And I knew Andy was home. And I went in there and I said, Andy, my mouse is moving on my computer and I'm not moving it. Please come over. And so Andy right away puts on that hat of his and he's very authoritarian. And he came over and asked one question, didn't get the right answer and cut me off from everything. So Sally, that is pretty terrifying. I think we should toss this to Travis, who we lovingly refer to as the voice of God. Travis, what happened here? That sounds an awful lot like what's called an RDP attack or remote desktop protocol. So there's something that they put in computers that can help uh, one person take over someone else's computer. Uh, that's originally made for something like tech support. So you have a relative, needs some help uh, installing something, you can just jump on their computer remotely and um, either install software or do whatever repairs, anything like that. That has been, for obvious reasons, a favorite for hackers because all you need to do uh, what, once you're able to get onto someone's computer through remote desktop protocol, you can go through all their files, you can install more malware, but perhaps even most importantly, you can disable their antivirus or anti-malware software on there. So Whoa. they can just take complete control. Now, I was scared enough to understand that I had some definite trouble and I needed to get some help and get it taken care of. It wasn't anything to play around with. And I'm still dealing with the ramifications. So your son-in-law shut down your computer. What happened next? I called the banks, got everything stopped, put a hold on my bank account. I didn't want to, I put a freeze on it. I didn't want to close it because everything in my life is attached to that account. And, and then I went through, it took me 17 days to get a new debit card. I couldn't write checks because I had my driver's license said it was expired, but the DMV had extended everybody till June. So it wasn't expired, but it didn't matter. I couldn't use it at Fred Meyer's. So I, I've got that taken care of. So when it, when I got hacked again in beginning of this month, um, not hacked, somebody used my debit card. I had a brand new debit card from the one in January. I've been so careful about using it, but I made a mistake. And, and I bought something online uh, using my debit card, not using my credit card, but using my debit card. And I think that was a bad idea. Mm -hmm. 
Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rogue Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rogue's got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Oh, Adam, you have uh, <laughs> trained me. Oh, boy, have you trained me. Let's talk about debit cards. You know, so many people go, well, the only way that I can control my spending is I use a debit card, so then I never spend more than is in my bank account. Mm -hmm. But I tell them this is now an adult moment, which is <laughs> if you're going to purchase anything online, don't do it with a debit card. Do it with a credit card because a credit card, it's their money. A debit card is your money. That a debit card is the pathway straight into your bank account. It's one that has generally less protections, though they're getting better than credit cards. And credit cards just give you more time. And the, the issue is once someone crawls into your bank account and takes money out of your bank account, uh, it may, even though the bank may agree that it was fraudulent, it may take a while for that money to come back. And that could be money that you need for groceries, mortgage, car payment, you name down the list of the things that you need cash for, and it can be a very dangerous thing. So I always say to people, use your credit card, not your debit card when you're purchasing anything online. And not to mention the fact, Adam, that your credit card gives you rewards and your debit card generally doesn't. I know there are rewards with debit cards, but a credit card is like a win on every level. So, Aunt Sally, you said that you made a mistake. Do you not usually use your debit card? Uh, no, I mean, I've gotten much more conscientious about where I use it. And I don't, I, uh, forever, I've tried not to use it online because I've always known that was not safe. But I was really tired. I mean, I can remember now. I, I, I made two, I was really tired, didn't want to get out of my chair. The card was right there. It was to two fabric stores, you know, one in England and one someplace else here in the States. And I thought, you know, these people are going to be sending me linen. You know, I mean, is this really could this be a scam? So anyway, I ordered the two things and I, I got one order very quickly within like five days because they processed them. But the second lady did not. And I filed a complaint against her and she got real pissy. I got my fabric finally, but it, it took her like 11 days to mail it. So she didn't plan on mailing it. I think she planned on 
claimed she was in Moscow and getting some money. Stiffing you on the card. Yep. They, they like to do that. I'm trying to get smarter, but I'm 74 and I sometimes push buttons. You know, that just. <laughs> well, we all push buttons sometimes. <laughs> there are many uh, people out there who collect addresses, Internet addresses that are one letter off. And that's for the purpose of scamming people. Just like for years, what they would do is, let's say it was www.microsoft.com, but someone would type Microsoft with two O's or they would do it .cm. And that's why a lot of companies had to go out and basically buy any URL that even vaguely sounded like, looked like what their web address was just to protect themselves against people who, who would try to buy these addresses just for the purpose of people making a mistake, clicking on the wrong link, going to the wrong address, and then opening themselves up to be victims of scams and identity theft. Hey, Travis, how, how, how prevalent is that kind of squatting? It's extremely prevalent uh, to the point that places like Microsoft, uh, to Adam's point, have actually gone out of their way to try to get as many domain names and lookalike domain names as possible. Uh, one big one, though, is... Uh, the .cn, because that is, instead of it being a .com domain name, it's actually the country code for the nation of Cameroon. Uh, so that's a really, really easy typo to make. And um, not a lot of companies are going to actually take the extra initiative to uh, try to acquire a domain name in Cameroon. Adam, I'm so sad. All right, Bo, why are you sad? I'm wishing that this, there was an M in here. You know, the three M's. Well, the three M's, and this is basically the framework that people should use when they're thinking about doing anything, is how do you minimize your risk of exposure or reduce your attackable surface? How do you monitor so you know as quickly as possible that you have a problem? And how do you manage the damage? Aha, wait, wait, then you, you solve my problem. Because I was sad about this URL squatting not being an M word, but it falls under monitoring. Because really what you need to do now when you're when you're navigating to a website is you do have to look at the URL and you really have to look at it because it might be Google spelled with three O's. Well, it won't be now, but it could be something like that, right? You know, one of the ways to protect yourself against misspellings or typographical errors when you enter a, a URL on your browser is to, once you've found a site, that you know and you know you're going to come back to it is save it in your favorites. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Don't necessarily rely on history because when oftentimes when you update things, it sometimes will kill your history. So save it in favorites. So then when you want to go to it, you just go to favorites, you find it, you click on it, and it's a, a method to protect yourself. And Travis, how what, is there anything else we need to know about with regard to the device takeover protocol that you described earlier? Um, a big one is to always keep some sort of security software on your computer. Even though uh, an RDP uh, takeover can sometimes disable that, it's still better than nothing. There are a lot of types of malware out there that what they'll do is open up new ports on your computer to that type of attack and then just let it wait. So a hacker can just say, hey, uh, I don't need this right now, but if the system is compromised, I can come back in a month, six months, or a year. So definitely keep your security software up to date and uh, do it at Sally did too, which is if you see something strange, act quickly. 
uh, yeah, unplug your computer, go get help. Uh, don't just uh, sit there and stare at your screen while someone is uh, you know, invading it, ultimately invading your computer. And, and you were very wise to do that. And that is something that everyone should take away from this is that be alert, be thoughtful. And if anything doesn't seem right, assume it's not right. Don't assume it's just you saw something that didn't really happen. And with that, and Sally, we really want to thank you for joining us. I know Bo is going to run out and buy you a red dress now. And uh, I like the song that's sneaking Sally through the alley better than the red dress one. Okay. Okay. Well, um, then when you're, when you're back in the States, we'll have to sneak you down an alley somewhere. That's right. Just let us know which alley and we'll sneak you down it. Anyway, uh, thank you so much. And thank you, Bo. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Aunt Sally. And thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of What the Hack. What the Hack is a Loud Tree Media production in partnership with Large Media. That's L-A-R-J Media. You can find What the Hack wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on social media and find additional information at adamlevin.com.